0: Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, Board Certified Psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys, welcome back to the couch with me, Dr. Delvina, Board Certified Psychiatrist in South Florida. I'm so happy to have you. Um, I love when you come and take the couch with me so that we can process things together and just kind of have a vibe and talking about mental health and wellness. Um, Today is Sunday, and so it's time for a new episode of The Brain Love Podcast. I'm so glad to have you with me. This is a special episode as we watch all of uh, just everything unfold in the world, not just in the country. We've seen um, eruptions of emotions and just sadness and frustration and disappointment and anger about the injustices and the justice system in America. Big ups to all of the countries out here that are supporting this agenda that are trying to assist us in moving this, this movement forward so that we can have not just equal opportunities out here, but to be treated equally as, uh, as a people. And I'm referring to black people, to minorities, because we know in most, uh, cities, most communities, black men and women are targeted more than other populations. We are, Our rights are violated more. We um, have excessive use of force used against us more than other populations here in America. And so um, it's quite interesting that I was asked to participate in a roundtable or sort of a town hall with uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. This was after the murder of Ahmaud Arbery and before the lynching, the murder of uh, Mr. George Floyd in Minneapolis. This discussion included education and financial, economic-type discussions, Um, and then also, of course, the mental health portion. I was honored to participate in that section of this discussion with Bishop T.D. Jakes, um, along with other experts in their fields, Dr. Steve Perry and John Hope Bryant. Um, Bishop T.D. Jakes is a very special person, and so I was very honored to be able to opine on a lot of the things that he asked me with regard to mental health and wellness in the black community, especially during COVID-19, as well as overcoming anxiety in our communities. Um, If you don't know who Bishop T.D. Jakes is, Bishop T.D. Jakes is a bishop. He's an author and a filmmaker. He is the bishop of the Potter's House, which is a non-denominational American mega church that's located in Texas. And if you've ever had the opportunity to be in Bishop Space, you know that there is a an automatic calming spirit about him, also an authenticity and also just a desire to do what's right for the people and to help people. And I appreciate his his wisdom. And so, um, I would consider him a mentor. we We all need mentors. One of the things that he said during this interview was that the best way to diffuse pressure is a plan. And let me quote that per Bishop T. D. Jakes, the best way to diffuse pressure is a plan. So please take the couch with me as um, I join Bishop T.D. Jakes along with Steve Perry and John Hope Bryant as we discuss concerns and issues in the black community. Of course, you know, mental health was included, and I'm so honored for that. Please listen. This is another new episode of the Brain Love Podcast. It's Sunday night, and we are talking mental wellness with Bishop T.D. Jakes.
1: images that I see on screen. Uh, I am shocked at the stats uh, regarding any people of any color, but particularly the disproportionate amount of black and brown people who are already underserved as it relates to mental health and emotional health. To take another blow and another setback seems devastating to me. Mm -hmm. What is the forecast of the mental health of our community uh, post COVID 19?
0: Well, we already had issues in all of our communities with mental health. We know that um, in America, one in five people suffer from some form of mental health illness or mental uh, disorder. And if we account for African-Americans, we are 20 percent more likely to suffer from a mental illness than the rest of the majority. So we already started with a bleak Forecast, if you will, Bishop. And now you add into this social distancing, and for some people, the social isolation, and for some folks, being home with abusers and, and uh, child molesters, and being in situations where really being outside the home was an escape. And now we compound that with all of the deaths that have occurred, and the folks on the front line the medical personnel, the mental health personnel who are treating these people who are young and uh, perishing to this disease that we don't have any control over right now. So already mental health was an issue in our country because of the stigma, and again, the stigma is much higher in the African-American community, but for all of us, we had the stigma, we had lack of access to care for some folks, which we saw more of a lack of access to care in the black communities, and then we compound that by not being able to see one another, not being able to greet and hug and show um, love to one another. We are animals who love to connect. We love to socialize. That's what makes us different as mammals. We love to be around one another. So abruptly, we've been robbed of that opportunity. And then so now we're faced with all of the traumas from COVID-19, seeing people sick, seeing people who were, uh, you know, uh, about to pass away or die, who became so ill that we thought we were losing them. And then the folks who did succumb to the illness. So now we have a whole nother A set of traumas that we have to try to deal with. And then in the black community we see that the disparities have now reared their ugly heads again. We already knew that as a community that we suffer more from high blood pressure, from diabetes, from strokes, from heart disease. But now we see that from COVID-19 we're dying more because already we were placed on a platform where we were at a disadvantage. So we have a lot of work ahead of us, including the folks who typically we go to and turn to, to get better. And that's our medical personnel, including the mental health professionals who are trying to get us through this.
1: To the person out there who says, uh, you know, you have these health disparities, you brought them on yourselves. What do you say back to them?
0: I have plenty of data to say to that person. (laughs) We did not bring this on ourselves. And it begins with the 450 years of slavery, of oppression. It has all of those insults from 400, 450 years ago. And we've only had 50 years really to recover. We have never been on equal footing. We've never been on equal ground with the majority, never. And the times that we try to catch up, because if we looked at this as if it was a race or a marathon, The majority started out two miles ahead of us or five miles ahead of us, and then they said to us, they didn't give us any running shoes, by the way. They said to us, okay, now you run the same race, but we're not giving you any shoes. We're not going to give you any uh, preparation, no training, and you do the same thing and do it faster. So to the person who says that we brought that on ourselves, we were never on equal footing. We were never on equal footing. Slavery, then there was Jim Crow. And then we had the silver rights movement and all of the, the the things that led to other disparities. And current day, when we look at the treatment of black folks by the medical community, we know from good studies that black people do not get the time that the majority the majority receives when they're being seen by a white provider. White providers, we know this from studies, spend more time with the majority or white patients than they do than they do with minorities. So we know that we have that in studies. So I say to people that we have plenty of data to show that racism, also minority traumas, are the reason that we suffer the most from a lot of these things. And Bishop, I didn't even uh, mention that we're over 50% of high-risk populations, such as the homeless population, children in foster homes, the amount of people in jails and prisons, where 50% or more, we represent those populations. We have more maternity deaths than the majority. So there's plenty of data to show that there is justification by the hands of other folks, not us, that have created these disparities.
1: You know, in addition to that, you have to consider the fact uh, that we we, uh, live in close proximity locations often have more people in our housing domain per square foot than other people, uh, living in complexes, using public systems of transportation, frontline workers. We are the people who deliver to your house. We are the people who run the magnometers in the airport. We are the people who are frontline in the grocery stores, uh, checkout counters, interacting with people on a daily basis. The percentage of employment amongst African-Americans that puts us in close proximity to other people. It's much higher uh, than our white counterparts. So we are on the front line. We are in the hospitals. We're nurses. We're doctors. We're attendants. We're cleaning the rooms. We're serving the food. High contact areas, disproportionately black and brown people are very vulnerable to a disease that is transmitted uh, the way COVID-19 is.
0: There you have it, guys. The first part of the interview with Bishop T.D. Jakes In that part of the, the interview, you heard him ask me, what do you say to someone who says that the health disparities in the black community were brought on by themselves? We have recent evidence that our health disparities are not brought on by us are not perpetuated by us solely because of the diet and the lack of exercise. Stress is a big factor in the black community, and it's stress that's caused by things like Brianna Taylor situation and also the George Floyd murder. A protector of the community, a police officer choked George Floyd, used his knee to choke him kill him the whole world saw it so besides the stress of being a black person and knowing that you could be unjustly killed and that there are injustices in the justice system that are just meant for black people that's enough to cause you stress and stress of course leads to elevated blood pressure which is hypertension as well as strokes and heart attacks to to, to put it simply that's enough. So that's a healthcare disparity that's worsened in our communities because stress is brought on by the injustices in the justice system. Now, that's only speaking on physical health problems. If we talk about mental health problems, oh, my goodness, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is underdiagnosed in the black community. We watch and watch over and over as our black men and women are killed, are murdered, and an excuse is made by the justice system. And those people who are murdering our family members go free. A lot of times they're found not guilty or there's some excuse made that protects the police officer. And so when you watch these things occur over and over, there is a a sense of uneasiness, of restlessness, of uh, nervousness and anxiety. And as I said, post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of people had acute stress disorder after watching George Floyd be murdered on video. This next section of the interview with Bishop T.D. Jakes um, is uh, basically regarding overcoming anxiety. So we talk a lot about mental health problems, stress, anxiety, Um, And so I I think the biggest lesson here is don't shut down. Don't shut down. There are so many things you can do to overcome whatever you're battling. You just have to reach out and ask for help. You got to access that lifeline. So please listen to the second part of the interview with Bishop TD Jakes, um, again, with other special guests, um, Steve Perry and John Hope Bryant.
1: I'm still on the couch. I'm laying on the couch, I'm stressed out, I'm overwhelmed, it's time to go back to work, my kids have been driving me crazy, Uh, I'm emotionally distraught, I'm not sleeping good at night, I've got indigestion, a bad case of diarrhea, and now I've got to go back to work with a mask over my head, and plastic gloves on my hand, and try to make a living in 5 o'clock traffic in LA, what do I do to get my head together before I start self-medicating with some sort of drug? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I'm all about alternative intervention. So we don't just jump to the medications. We don't even jump to the psychotherapy first. I want to check in with you. I need to see, what are you doing? Are you doing the basics? Are you living your life with the basics? And so people have to understand what is meant by basics. We talked about the healthy diet. Bishop, you mentioned all the things that you're supplementing with. And when that's a financial issue, I have to remind people That the basics also include stuff that's free it includes sleeping so being well being healthy get your sleep and if we need to do something to help you with that we can but there are basics that uh, dr perry talked about like keeping a routine having a schedule having rules around the house for the children so sometimes we get away from those things and we forget how important they are to provide structure and discipline Discipline is important, and in creating that discipline, it's about the rules, but it's also about rewarding people in your life when they do things they're supposed to. And I could use this example for your spouses. I could use it when you're um, engaging with your children. Instead of telling your, your spouse what he's doing wrong or what she's doing wrong all the time, that she's always leaving stuff around the house, You know, you have to remind people about what they're doing that's right. You have to tell them, I appreciate you cooking dinner today. I know you were busy, but I like that you did that. So there's something about reminding people about what they do correctly and what they do um, that warms your heart as opposed to always telling them what's wrong. Relationships are important also. So that's where that communication comes in, communication with our children and teaching them emotional intelligence. And what that means is this. We have to assure them and remind them that it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to get down. It's okay to cry. But when those things come over you and when you feel that way, feel comfortable coming to me to talk about it. Because sometimes people need, that's all they need, is just to be able to process and talk and to share their feelings. And that really goes a long way. So we have to ensure that the basics are in place, such as the sleeping the healthy diet, the exercise. And that's one thing COVID-19 did for a lot of families, is that it got people out of the homes, it got them walking down the streets, riding their bicycles, stretching together, maybe trying things like yoga to help relax their minds and achieve a more calming state. The other thing I would say too, reading is important, and it's so important for all of the reasons that Dr. Perry mentioned, that John Bryant mentioned, that you're mentioning, Bishop. Reading takes us further. One thing that we don't do a lot of in our community is that research and the reading part. And so what really touched me is when um, Mr. Bryant mentioned the PPP and how people didn't go after the money. And a lot of times people get overwhelmed with information. They become afraid and they just disconnect because they're so overwhelmed. They don't know what to do with that information. And so I would encourage people to just read and get comfortable. The only way that you can feel better about something, practice makes perfect and mm. practicing means forcing yourself to read and try to digest some of the information and if you have to using your lifeline asking people you know what does this mean helping asking them to help you interpret what those things mean now oh God, here's
1: no, hold it just, just a moment i gotta jump in there i can't i can't let this go past without saying this because i think this is so important I can't tell you how many men I talk to on a daily basis who are frustrated because black women are graduating from college more readily. They're making more money than we are. They're going into business more readily than any other people group in the country at this time. They're doing entrepreneurship. Men are getting further and further intimidated. As women go further and further out, there. there's an insecurity there about how do I measure up when I make less money, have less education, have less this, have less that, have less the other. And the woman just gave you the key, sir, read. Even if you read slow, even if you read a chapter a week, read, read, cut off the TV and read something. You cannot lead if you do not read. And it may be a slow process and it may be arduous and you may have to look up some words. But I got a call the other, I got an inbox from a guy from Brazil who said he was watching me preach and couldn't understand what I was saying because I spoke English. And he said I had to slow down the tape and look up every word and learn every Mm -hmm. word. And he said, I learned how to speak English because I wanted to hear what you were saying. If some poor kid in Brazil can take a sermon and break it down and learn another language just to hear what a preacher is saying, if you can learn hip hop, If you can learn all the lines to music, if you can learn all the dances, there's nothing wrong with your brain. And I think it's very important as men that we challenge men rather than to resort to uh, self-medicating, getting drunk Mm -hmm. all the time, getting a high all the time, domestic Mm -hmm. violence, feeling frustrated, feeling overlooked, deserting your life, leaving your kids, walking away from everything. Get a book, put it in the bathroom, read three pages every time you go in there listen, I don't care how you get it in your head, you'll never enlarge your mind if you don't read. I just want to get that public service announcement out there because I think a lot of times people are over uh, oversaturated with information. They do shut down and they just say, I can't do it and, and mm-hmm. out. but we can get this done.
0: Exactly, yeah. And so, you know what, if people would read, they may have been $10,000 richer. Because when this happened, and this is what what we do in our communities, when I saw from the beginning that this was happening and that our economy was being overwhelmed and that they were creating this new money, I posted on Facebook and said, okay, where did all this money come from? All of a sudden, we have trillions of dollars, and I want some, and I want you guys to get some too. And early on in the programs, they were giving out $10,000 grants if you had any type of business. Pardon? To everybody. To everybody. You
1: breathe, in a, mirror, you breathe yes. in a mirror and walked, and you got 10 grand. Yes. Nonprofit, yes. church, for anybody.
0: Everybody. All you had to do was enter your information in this little thing, this electronic application that didn't take me. I did it while I was sitting on the couch watching television one night. It didn't take me five minutes. And so when you're a business person, see, people have to understand this. The reading and staying knowledgeable and being current in what's going on, as opposed to the woe is me syndrome of, you know, never nothing ever goes right for me. I can't ever get anything. Well, to be a successful business person, you have to read and remain current. And so when things like this happen, you have to know. And here's one of the things that can help with anxiety. Know what reputable sources to go to. You can't listen to and watch everything on social media, on the Internet. But there's certain uh, sites that you can go to and you can get great information, whether it's the SBA for your business information Um, the CDC for the medical information, the World Health Organization. So that, too, helps to cut down on that anxiety, Bishop. Um, When you're feeling like, you know, life is just so overwhelming now with the COVID, it's because also people are hearing information that's wrong. They're hearing the fluff. So they're trying to process all of those things. So I tell my patients, you got to choose wisely who you listen to and who you allow to influence the decisions that you make in life. So
1: You're so right. I, I, t- I say it this way, uh, the best way to diffuse pressure is a plan. Anytime yeah. you don't have a plan, pressure continues to mount to the explosion level. If you have a plan and sit down and have an actionable, step-by-step, reasonable plan, that alone is therapeutic, releasing stress out of you and putting you in a better position to, to, to go forward.